Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. And welcome to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com, whose world-famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis. Exciting guest today. Um, his name's Graham Newell, and he's the president of 602 Communications. He's a, it's a marketing research and consulting firm, and they specialize in something called emotional branding. So get out your tissue box. You might start crying. I know I'm very emotional. But uh, Graham has done uh, consulting and training for some of the world's most prominent corporations, including GE, Sony, Hearst, ABC, CBS, Time Warner, Comcast, Disney, News Corp, Scripps, Universal, and the list goes on. Um, he has a strategy called reflection marketing that we're going to learn about that kind of builds on consumer feelings, not just the features of what they are selling. And uh, he sort of turns, he teaches the, the, the clients how to turn their buyers into almost passionate groupies. So, Graham, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. And I'm really excited today because we're going to start, you know, analyze some, some clips of, of commercials that we may or may not know. But let's start with, be, be, I want to talk a little bit about your background later because I want to get right into it. I'm very jazzed up. What is emotional branding? Well, uh, you know, it's all about those products that we have just a little bit of an irrational love for. Now, now Maureen, do you, do you have a product that you're just kind of crazy about that maybe is just a little bit on, on the edge? You like it so much? I'm sure I do. I probably have five. <laughs> yes, there's. Yes, I do. I can't say it on there. Okay, it's a soap. There's a kind uh, of soap I like. Okay. What kind of soap is it? Um, it's from. I've even blogged about it. It's from a store called Lush, and it's called Buffy, the Vampire Slayer soap. Wow, Don't know. <laughs> that sounds but, uh, pretty, pretty. I'm emotional about it. You uh-huh. asked me. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Maureen, there's lots of soaps. What, what's special about this soap? Oh, it makes my skin soft. <laughs> yeah, and you'll, you'll have a very logical answer for the reason why, you know, you, you love those products. Now, for me, I've got to tell you, it's all about the, the Apple brand. And, I, you know, I whip out my iPod whenever I'm in that meeting. I kind of want people to see me because I want them to think, yeah, I'm kind of cool. I've got the latest technology. I'm uh-huh. a hip guy. Yep. And, and so I've got all of these reasons why I love Apple. But when you think about it, it's really just a big, you know, bunch of chips. The chips probably aren't that much different than anybody else's chips. But yet I, I hang a lot of my ego off of Apple, and I kind of like to think that I'm, you know, kind of cool guy and tech guy is what it's all about. Because so, you're an iPadophiliac? Oh, man, I've, I use <laughs> my iPod all the time. I'm, I'm, you know, never without it, and I've got, like, Apple everything. I, I really do. Uh-huh. And, you know, whenever I do the, these branding workshops, I always ask people brands they love. Almost, you know, like half the room raises their hand and, and says, oh, I just love Apple. They really do. So what emotional branding is about is we minimize the product features. It's not so much about, hey, it's got this really cool feature, or I really like this. It puts a priority on making a personal connection with, with a customer. So you don't 
just buy the product because you like the features. You buy it because it makes a personal statement about who you are and, most importantly, who you hope to be. It really is a sense of identification. You know, those people that wear gigantic logos on their chest, you know, for sports teams like the Yankees, you know, those are the kinds of emotional brands that really have gone from being simply a product. They've come to being a lifestyle now. Yeah, and I've seen people that, you know, grown people that won't, change their sports team uh, because they're emotionally connected to the other one. They can't possibly go to a, another game or something because they're so emotionally tied to the brand of that one team. Yeah, and, and you know, th- nobody's better at this than NFL and, and you know, people like, like that. They are really able to make you feel this irrational love for a bunch of men that are playing with sticks out on a field. And it, it's all steeped in this incredible tradition and in, you know, our childhood feelings and, and things like that. So, so, Mac, so Mac has gotten, you know, obviously it's got a good emotional branding driver. But how, do, how would a company that maybe isn't emotionally connected, how would they get this, how do you get in these key emotional drivers? How do you find them? Well, there, there's a couple of different ways. Um, but first of all, it's, it's through research, but it's a very different kind of research. In, instead of going in and going, okay, I make uh, widgets, and how do you like my, my widget? What they do is they come in and they don't necessarily talk much about the, the product. They find out exactly how this audience feels or you know, how, the, how the, the customer feels about themselves, and then they, they go from there. I, I was reading a, a book the other day on, on this, and there, one of the authors said that one of the things that, that he did, they were, it was a car wash company, and they were, they were making kind of that, that car wash that you, you know, you get your car on the driveway and wash it. And uh-huh. he just went around and, and talked to drivers and asked them about, about what, what, why do you wash your car like that? What's that about? And what he found out is that the drivers actually felt as though the cars went faster when they were clean. It's completely irrational. It it really is. But this was a love affair with their baby, which was their car. And they were smart enough to realize that it's not about clean. It's about love. And that's what they made a big, big, you know, a really big thing on. So it's about getting past the product. And this is where research has tendency to fail a lot of times in business research. We tend to view our customers through the lens of our product. So, you know, if I... If I make coffee, I tend to talk to them all about how they relate to my coffee, whereas maybe coffee's not a big deal to them, and it's about that morning routine or that, that opportunity to sit in the sunshine and enjoy that, that cool morning air. That's what coffee is all about for them. And so the smart branders will make sure that it's completely customer-focused, and they don't let their product get in the way of doing that. Now, what we do is every year we record quite literally tens of thousands of commercials. We take all these commercials, we put them into a big database, and then we tag each one of them for emotional drivers. So, for example, one one will be you're the adventurer or you're the smart guy or you're the rebel. And we we look at them and then we cross-tab them. We find which specific groups of people have which specific emotions. So, for example, if wow. you want to sell You get a Ph.D. Somebody, in this. This is like a Ph.D. topic. Yeah, it's just a, a lot of research. And what yeah. we're doing is we're kind of aggregating everybody's uh, research on, on commercials. So, for e- example, if you want to um, sell somebody um, a car, one of the best ways to do it is to be an adventurer. Mm-hmm. And to show your car is that rugged, manly car that you can take out. And, and I don't sit home in the office. I go out and I make it happen for me. And these are people who see themselves as very, very 
daring, despite the fact they sit in a cubicle all day and all they do is drive to work and back over nice, safe streets. They have this feeling as, as though they are just one step away from Indiana Jones. And the car companies know this, and that's what they do in an incredible job of, of really making happen. Right. And I think, you know, the way, and this has been a lot of talk now, but the, the way we are able to measure, the old, the old way of measuring demographics is sort of falling by the wayside. You know, it's, it's not so much about your age and your gender and all that. It's more about things that you like. This is what social media has done. Groups of people who like the same things or identify with the same things. And so, yeah, that yeah. Was and, so and we see that a lot. You know, one of the things that, that we find is that there's kind of some universal drivers that all product, all people, young, old, women, men, really do. Like, one of them is smart. It's one of the things that is most amazing in advertising. This shows up again and again and again. We all feel as though we're above average, and the guy next to us is just a, you know, adult. We feel as, as though if only the world un- understood our amazing smarts, everybody would come to appreciate the incredible vision that we have. And particularly for a lot of your listeners who are in, in the business category, this is really important. We have this you know, almost pathological need to see ourselves as smart. Uh-huh. And so if you're selling to other business customers, one of the best things that you can do is to reinforce in them that sense of, man, you're, you're a genius, and how is it that I ever got by without your incredible knowledge enlightening me every day? And that's one of the most powerful things that you can do for businessmen. And you, we had mentioned at the beginning, because when we come back from break, I want to go start going through some of these clips, but what is reflection marketing? I mean, what's the, why do you, what is it, and how is it different from traditional marketing? Well, the, the big thing is that what we're in effect we're doing, that's the reason we called it reflection, it's holding up a mirror to your customer is what it's about. Let, not letting your product get in, in the way. So what we're doing is we're winning over a customer through a sense of identification. Mm-hmm. It's not about, hey, I've got this great feature, you're going to love my fax machines, they fax so fast. It's all about feeling powerful. And when you look at some of the brands that do this best, you know, brands like Apple, you know, you know, Google. Every time I check my Gmail, I just think I'm Einstein, you know. <laughs> I really do. I, they're, they're the smart guys. I, I don't know if you've seen they have, like, the Google test that you can take, and they, they see exactly. If you want to work at Google, there's a test that you take. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I tried to take the test. I, I didn't get one answer right, you know. <laughs> but yet when I check my, my Gmail, I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I feel I'm pretty smart and pretty capable here. And that's, that's Google's a, amazing brand. You know, every time I, I enjoy a Guinness, it's that British tradition, and I'm not some, you know, Miller swilling, you know, beer, watery guy. I take the stout Guinness that's black and black as tar, and I feel as though I am an international traveler. And well, I feel the same way about my Prada bag. And so Prada bag. Yeah, now, tell me, what, what do you like about your Prada bag? You know, I, 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 it's, like a, it's like it's beautiful and functional and all that, but I could, t- I could take a bag that's one-tenth the price and has all the same features, but it's not my Prada bag. It's so stupid, but true. I'm emotionally tied to my Prada bag collection. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> I for you, it. it probably represents success, maybe. Or, yeah. You know, and yeah. You, you probably bring that Prada bag out, and you kind of linger a little bit, make sure, I want people to see this. And it's really not about so much arrogance as it is a feeling of comfort and reinforcing the feeling in you that only successful people have Prada bags. Yeah, and I have to make sure this is, so, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I have to make sure that the logo is on the outside. Uh-huh. Yes. But my logo has to be subtle and hidden. It's sort of like you would only know it's a Prada bag if you're a Prada bag person who understands Prada bag. 
Yeah, and, and, and Maureen, you, you've probably got a thousand reasons why it's a it's a Prada bag. You'll, you'll come back and go, oh, the leathers are fantastic, and it's got really great space inside. It's well constructed. That's why I buy Prada. But you know what? The two hundred dollar Michael Kors bag I know is just as good, but I don't love it as much. It's crazy. Yeah, because it's not a reflection of of you. I, we were doing some research the the other day, and we, we were talking to this woman who had been down to the Disney parks uh-huh. down in or- Orlando. And she was there for a week, you know, and, and, we, and we said, well, what other parks did you visit while you were there? And she went, well, we just never really got to the other parks. We just sort of stayed around in, in, in the Disney park. And I was like, well, there's all these great roller coasters over at SeaWorld, and, and Universal yeah. Studios has an amazing Hulk ride. Why didn't you, you ride that? And she gave me all these incredible reasons of like, well, the hotels at Disney were just fantastic. But what it really was, and she didn't even realize it herself, it was that Disney magic that nobody else yep. had. And though being steeped in that from a little girl, you know, she came up with very logical reasons why she stayed at Disney. But all of us in the research group kind of looked around and went, we know why you went there. It was yeah. magic. Because they have the same wonderful things at the other places. So being first to market is really key also, like, you know, I think is, is you know, if, if you can get people to be attached to your brand, you know, Kleenex rather than tissue. Anyway, we're going to have to take a, another break. Uh, I mean, a break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to go through IBM, Allstate, Walmart, Starbucks, Nike com- commercial clips, and we're going to uh, Graham's going to analyze them for us on an emotional level, right? Is that that's right? Absolutely. We're going to all right, we'll be all back with Graham Newell lessons. of six zero two communications dot com. Check out his website, and don't forget to call in with questions. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. What is whole person healing via body, via mind, and via spirit? It's a dedication to the widest selection of healing practices worldwide whenever possible. Hosted by Professor Rustam Roy, a noted material scientist and the founder of Friends of Health, who will be here each weekend with the most in-depth information about whole person healing from the world's leading practitioners, spokespersons, and major supporters for this viewpoint. Tune in every Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You want to know the inside scoop on how today's leaders do business? How they hire and develop top talent? How do they retain top employees and customers? 
Tune in to Leadership Leverage on the Voice America Business Channel. Every week, Dr. Robert Denker will offer ideals and facilitate discussion with guests that will help shape today's up-and-coming leaders as well as established leaders in their fields. Listen for Leadership Leverage every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Okay, thanks for staying tuned in. Um, we're talking about emotional branding with Graham Newell of 602communications.com. Check out his website. And um, I just love this stuff. I'm such a marketing geek. But uh, welcome back, Graham. Thank you. So we're going to, we, I promised uh, the listeners that we would uh, take a listen to some current commercials and how you analyze them and, and how you assess them for emotional branding. So you wanted to start with a Nike spot. It's number six on our list, but we're going to start with that one. Um, and go ahead and uh, tell me what, it, what about the Nike spot. Absolutely. Should we play it first or you want to give a little lead in? Why, why don't we give you a little, little lead in? You know, one, okay. one of the things that, that we find with, with Nike, I mean, they're, they're one of the best at, at this. You know, the product has, has pretty much disappeared almost in, in Nike spots because what they've done is such an amazing job of emotional branding that you don't really need it in anymore. And so what, what it's about is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like a you know, middle-aged guy, and I strap those Nikes on, and I like to think that I could still slam dunk. I know I can't, but when, I'm on, when I got them on, I feel as though I'm, I'm just a little bit taller and a little better. What Nike's done an amazing job of is being able to take that universal brand across all different nations. So, you know, they sell badminton gear to Japanese teenagers. They sell soccer balls to Brazilian, you know, hooligans. They sell golf clubs to fat American men who can barely make it across the, you know, golf course and, and walk. These are amazingly different, CNN, you know, audiences. A war, you see a war breaking out, you know, in yeah. some African country, and they're wearing Nike T-shirts or Nike yeah. shoes. <laughs> yeah, the world loves this brand. But what, what is that about? Well, that's about they have identified that they're about determination and tenacity. And, again, this is one of these brand drivers, one of these emotional drivers that is very big for all of us, particularly in, in the business community. And, and it's why Nike stuff does very well with, with businessmen. All right, so, so can we play the clip now? Yeah, why don't we play, play the clip? And, again, just listen to the attitude of this one. Okay, uh, number six. She's a runner going up a hill. A few years ago, I would have had trouble walking up this hill. I smoked, I drank, I was fat, and I hadn't done a lick of exercise in my life. So I started jogging. Who says you can't run away from your problems? What that's about is that feeling of, I don't give up. Other people, they can't take the pain. They can't take the punishment, but I can, and I'm tough. So their emotional driver is about determination and tenacity. And if you watch all Nike stuff, 
box, what you'll see is that somebody does something, meets a challenge. It's like, oh, I'm not sure I can do it. And then they'll push through to make it to the end. And me, as a, you know, as a, as a consumer, I look at that and I go, you know, that's something I have to do every day. Sometimes I'm in those meetings and they go long, but I push through and I make it happen. And that's why I like them. <laughs> and, and, and so it's, it's building the ego and the feeling of determination, which is something that almost everyone feels as though they work harder and longer and suffer and see it through. And that's what Nike's brand is all about. And is there, like, is there sort of any research as to why, like scientific research as to why this approach works so well? Well, the, the big thing is that we're kind of hardwired to, to do this, you know? We're hardwired to remember things that, that are about emotions. You know, when we were out in the African savanna back, back a couple million years ago, running around, nature gave us this great thing called emotion to really help us remember things. So when that tiger was running after me, you know, out on the savanna, it was really important that I remember tigers. It really was. And so what happens now is that the things, the messages that we get, the things that we feel, when it's strong emotion is put to information, what it means is we have a tendency to remember it more. And that's why Super Bowl ads get remembered. That's what, what advertising does a great job of. And what they've really done an amazing job of on the research front, research front is sticking people in MRIs and playing examples for them and things like that and finding out exactly what are those emotional motivators that make us sit up and pay attention. So we can really see the triggers within the brain is what yep. you're saying. Yeah. You, you know, like, like Maureen, if, if I were to ask you to remember the food at your wedding day, mm-hmm. you could probably tell me, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, and if I were to ask you to remember what you had for lunch yesterday, you'd probably have a hard time. <laughs> it's true. You know, that's yep. about emotion. And yep. every moment of that day, you probably remember it all. You know? Yeah. So there's nothing better at helping people remember things. And for those of us in the business community, this is how we get people to notice us and remember us. Hmm. Okay, so um, do we want to play another clip? Do you, do you, would you, I, I see on the list here we have Starbucks. And, yep. you know, that's a brand that I did identify with, but then I lost my emotional connection. Oh, no, what happened? I felt like a number. I didn't feel special anymore. Yeah. I didn't feel like Starbucks was a culture. So then I, you know, I sort of came back because the product was good yeah. and because there's, it's there. Yeah. But I, you know, I sort of more identif- started identifying with coffee bean. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Starbucks has had a little bit of a hard time. They, they were one of the brands last year that didn't do too well, mostly because of, you know, the economic reasons. I'm not sure if I want to pay five bucks for a cup of coffee. Maybe I'll go down to the Dunkin' Donuts and get, get a coffee there. Right, and they had but, competition with McDonald's. And yeah, you know, what Starbucks has done this amazing job of is really bringing a culture of emotional drivers to everything that, that they do. And this is what marks these great businesses, these incredible brands like Tide and Lexus and Google and Intel and, and Coke. The, the CEOs have a vision of how they want their audiences to feel. It's not just, I want you to use my product. It is truly, they are on a mission from God. So listen to this clip. This is from a, a, a recent report, a little documentary that, that they did on, on Howard Schultz, who's the head of, of Starbucks. Listen to the passion in his voice. Howard Schultz likes to describe selling coffee in terms of merchandising mystery and romance. He sometimes sounds like he regards Starbucks the way other people regard religion. 
We're not in the business of filling bellies. We're in the business of filling souls. Granted, it does seem very odd for someone of his status to be talking like that and so aspirational in his tone. But really, he believes it. Some call it the Starbucks halo effect, branding the company with a do-gooder aura so that its customers feel good about shelling out premium prices for cups of java. I talked to a woman the other day, and she said to me, I love Ethos water. This is the water Starbucks sells because I feel like I'm doing good every time I buy a bottle of water. Well, that halo effect adds value to the brand. She paid $1.80 for that bottle of water. A bottle of water at Wawa, where I might go, is a dollar, maybe 99 cents, dollar 29, but I don't get much halo. You might say, okay, they're full of crap and, and you know, this is how we feel. We love this company. We love what we do. We're passionate about coffee. We're passionate about the beverages we serve. We don't want to be in the transaction business. We're in the business of human connection and humanity, creating communities in a third place between home and work. I think what makes him a brilliant marketer is his sincerity. Take one of those. I do I think he believes that he's delivering more than coffee to people. He believes the message. He's basically the spiritual leader of the company. <laughs> the religion of Starbucks. It's a cult. It is an absolute cult is what, what it's all about. And, and he truly, really believes it. He, he really does. I know people that, do, that plan their vacations around where a Starbucks. As long as there's a Starbucks, they'll go to that country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, my favorite line from that interview is, we're not in the business of filling bellies. We're in the business of filling <laughs> souls. You know, and what, what an amazing way to run your, your company. Now, for most of us in, in the business world, we're so caught up in, you know, profit margins and, you know, you know getting stuff manufactured and, you know, really making sure that, you know, the, the, the trains run on time that we end up having this kind of stuff sort of fall by, by the wayside. And usually, these are companies that have a mission that is greater than merely, I'm going to make a, a profit. The greatest brands that you'll see out there are, are companies that really have a mission that is all about a lifestyle. And they're able to bring their employees on board and really enroll them in that mission you know, as well. What would you Zappos, say to a Starbucks that, that, you know, how would you advise them if they were your client on, you know, what kind of went wrong with their brand, what happened with the competition and the connection back, what would you, you know, do? The big thing that Starbucks did, I think, more than anything, is they just got big and they really lost that, that kind of personal feel and that coffee house feel of what, what they had. You know, they had some very, you know, big growth goals over the course of the, the last few years and they kind of became a little bit known as sort of a, a commodity. This is always going to be something that you know, is, is tough for companies to do. You want to keep that sense of littleness, that sense of community, that sense of you're different and, and special. And that is something that you know, goes right in the face of when I get big and become you know, a very large company. Apple has faced this a lot. They're still trying to be the cool, neat underdog. Well, Apple's making more money than most all other you know, computer companies now, yet they've managed to still somehow hold on to that sense of style and cool. Right, and their and their stores are a destination for you and your family. Like if I go into the Sprint store when my phone breaks, they don't even let me use the internet in there. I'm sitting yeah. there trying to use the internet, they won't give me the pass password for my iPad. And you go into Mac and they want you to come and hang out. Yeah. And yeah. they make you feel like you're part of this cool club and I think, you know, that's why they've been so successful. And and of course the look and the the features. The features do matter, though, correct? I mean, Starbucks wouldn't be doing well if the coffee wasn't delicious. 
Absolutely. You, you got to be in that to be even in the game. If, if you don't have a product that's up to snuff, I don't have a product, and many would say that that is really exceptional, you're going to have a very hard time competing on any of this. I have one bad experience with, with your product, and I go, you're a bad product. I don't care how stylish you are. I'm not using you. It takes a long time to get that person back, if at all. So um, we're going to have to take our second break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about... Walmart and Allstate and IBM commercials. We're back with uh, Graham Newell from 602communications.com. Check him out. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready to get freed up? Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Again, just remember that our um, archives are available 
12 hours uh, later. And I, I'm sorry, we rerun 12 hours later, and the archives are available anytime once it's, uh, the episode is posted up on the website at Voice America. So if you missed the beginning of the interview, you can always uh, listen again or you want to hear it again. I'm on with Graham Newell of 602 Communications, and we're talking about emotional branding. Welcome back again, Graham. Thank you. I love this topic. I am just, you know, digging it. So during the break, I was talking. We were talking about Costco because we're gonna we're gonna show a clip from Walmart. And I said I've never been in a Walmart because there aren't any near here. I'm not a snob. I go to the 99 cent store like a good girl. But um, with my Prada bag. <laughs> um, uh, but when I go, but I've never been into a Walmart, and and I've and I've uh, never Costco. I'm like allergic to Costco. So what does this mean? I walk into Costco, I want to get out of there as fast as possible. I don't even, I can't buy anything. I've twice been in there and turned around and walked out. Well, I got to tell you, Walmart is is such a we have such an amazing amount of both loyalty and hatred for that company in everything that we do. So you would be counted as one of our Walmart haters, okay. and there's a tremendous number. Of them. Now, typically, what we'll find is that those people like Target. Now, do you do you like Target? Uh huh. Okay. Now, why not Walmart? Why? Well, why? I've never been in a Walmart, but you could say why not Costco. Yeah, but but I mean even I mean you most everybody else in the world, Maureen, has been in a Walmart and you have not found a reason to get there. That that's really kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, and I, and and I go obviously to the it doesn't speak to you, not. right? What? It doesn't really speak to you. You've had no priority to get there, right? No, I I, I don't care if I ever go into a Walmart. Yeah, I've never yeah, seen. I mean, I've driven by one, I think, once, but they are not near me. But I don't know. I don't know yeah. why I haven't gone. Well, Walmart had an amazing rebrand that they did a, a few years back, and uh-huh. you know, they they had some of the problems that that you were really talking about. What was going on was that people kind of you know began to see them as just sort of hollow money makers. You know, sure you got the low prices, but you're putting the local businesses you know out of business, and and you're just sort of a big evil corporation that's not paying people benefits. And so what happened was Walmart really had to take a hard look at itself and, and say, how can I do a brand that is going to show people what this is really all about, why we bring value to America? So they changed their, their brand, uh, their, their slogan and everything, to be less about low prices and much more about the customer. So let me, let me play you an, a, a commercial here. Now, what I want you to listen to is – Hear a little bit about how this woman feels about herself. In this is this commercial. the Walmart clip? This is the Walmart clip. This is okay, the Okay, um, uh, I'm not sure Justin's got that up, but Justin, can you play the Walmart kit? I think he's fine with it. He just gave me the okay. Good. So, okay, we're going to play the Walmart clip first. you want to talk about it first? Or are we well, ready to go? this shows all these different Walmart shoppers, and, and they're, they're talking about their experience of Walmart. You know the feeling. The thrill of the save. That secret high from stretching a dollar. That little rush in finding what you need for less. Now, Walmart has unbeatable dollar days. Extra savings on everyday things all over the store. It's a new way to conquer budgets. And another great day for the savers. Save money. Live better. Walmart. So, well, what's going on there? Well, first of all, this is a group of, of people that are all about saving. Now, I don't know if, if you're like this, uh, Maureen, but my, my wife is 
is one of these people. She goes out, she finds an, a you know a great looking dress, and she'll she'll come back and she'll like you know try it on and show it to me, and she won't say, "Wow, this is just the neatest looking thing." She looks at herself in the mirror and she goes, "I got it for thirty percent off," <laughs> and that is the cool part for her, you see, because she is one of the savers. And that's what she really loves. So that feeling of, I got that great bargain, and that's really the cool part about it. That's what Walmart people really dig. Mm-hmm. And Walmart's done this amazing job of rebranding themselves. So their slogan used to be, always low prices. Well, that was about the internal company agenda of, we're going to have low prices. They went to save money, live better. And what their brand has become now, you watch Walmart spots, and what you'll see is people save money and all these incredible things that are made possible because you saved money. Grandpa was able to visit, and he, he wouldn't have been able to have come if you hadn't have saved that, that money. We were able to get the extra special candy at Halloween because we could afford it. And all the kids on the block loved our house because we had the great candy, and Walmart made all that possible. <laughs> and, and so what it is, is, is it this idea of the savers. And, it, and they took it from something that was about prices, which was their internal agenda, to something that was about how the customer felt about saving. And now it became something that made them not such a bad guy. Right. I think I remember them also doing, you know, uh, employee sort of profiles of people who worked there and how... The, what what the company did for them? Am I, am I remembering correctly? Absolutely. And what what you'll you'll notice is is that they they had to do that big thing to make themselves not the evil corporation, and that that was you know part of you know showing employees as happy and, and things like that. But they took it much farther and to jettison always low prices. You know their their slogan for decades and to use save money, live better. That was a big corporate culture change, and that's what made it so amazingly great, was that it wasn't just a change in a slogan or a brand. It was something, you know, as we saw with Howard Schultz, that came from the top. They took on a corporate mission of, we're going to empower people to live better, and that's what Walmart is really all all about. And now you just don't hate them as much as you used to. Right, and that's what my next question is, you know, how come people who can't see this kind of, emotional branding for what it is, like basically trying to manipulate them emotionally. Does it ever backfire? And, you know, how come we can't see it? Or we know it exists and we don't even care, like me with my dumb Prada back. Yeah, and, you know, it it really can backfire if it's very inauthentic. And that's where we really, you know, get into trouble. And, you know, a CEO will, you know, come and say, hey, we're going to be all about being adventuresome. And and the only thing that's adventuresome is the marketing. You know, they they can run some cool-looking ads that will do it. But, you know, if you go to their campus or look at their business or even call them on the phone, you know, and you get rude people, nothing's going to make that, you know, right. So it's got to be something that really comes from the CEO down. And it's about setting a vision for your company that is really going to be about empowering a viewer experience or, excuse me, a, you know, a customer experience. That's what really makes the difference, and that's where most companies fail. They think they can just sort of lie and cheat their way into great marketing when it's not something that's a corporate culture. Well, like Kentucky Fried Chicken, now they're KFC. They want to take the fried out of the, you know, the, the title of their restaurant, the name yep. of their, their brand. But is, is that, did that trick people? Is that working or is it not working? Uh, and you remember they, went, they tried to be kitchen fresh chicken? You remember that a few years back? <laughs> 
You know, like, I don't, like I don't remember that. What, you know, KFC. So, you know, they'll eventually get to kind of healthier choices, but there's, you know, a lot of other companies like, like Carl's Jr. And, and Hardee's. They openly embrace the Angus burger that is nine pounds of beef. And, <laughs> and, and you're like, it's going to be fat, it's going to be huge, and I love it. You know, and that is an amazing brand of gluttony and indulgence. And that's something that people want, you see. So, you know, it's always going to be a, a tougher part. In many ways, what they're trying to be is something that they're not. It's a very tough thing to, to do to transition a brand, and they've been on it for, a, you know, like a 10- or 15-year plan. How long has right. it been since they've been Kentucky Fried Chicken? Uh, I don't okay. know. I don't know. I know they are offering some light, lighter fare now, so... That's yeah. really it. So um, I also want, I want to play, um, you, you had an Allstate. Um, we might have to play it and then, and then analyze it after the break. But um, give, me the, give me the lead in for the Allstate. Sure. You know, one of the things that all of us as, as business owners have to deal with is that we have different customer groups that we have. So, for, for example, Allstate. You know, they want to sell insurance to young men who are just getting out of, out of you know, college or whatever. They want to have grandma, you know, insure the sedan that, that she'll have. And so how does a company create a brand for these wildly different audiences and stay true to who they are? So why don't we talk about that after the break, and I'll, I'll play you some examples and show you how Allstate did it. It was a very clever way of really making it happen. All right, can we we have time? I think we have a couple of minutes, so let's let's play the clip now and then we'll Fantastic. Up. So let me let me set this first of all the the first clip up. So we've gone through and done all of these all of this analysis of what Allstate did and all their emotional drivers. Well, if you want to get a 40-year-old man to buy insurance, the number one way to do it is to frighten him. You didn't have proper insurance, and your kids, they're, they're not going to be able to go to college anymore because they're going to get sued, and you are going to be financially destitute. You are a rotten father. That's what you're all about. Okay. So that's the way to get this group. But now what I want to show you here, let me play the, this clip. This is for African-American men in their 20s and 30s. And what I want you to listen to here is the emotion that these men are expressing. Let me set the scene for you. They're in a giant SUV. And, and these guys, he's four guys with his friends. And, boy, the boys are admiring his vehicle. He is the man in his big SUV. All right, let's play it. Oh, this bad boy is sick. You like this, right? This is bigger than my apartment. So what about insurance, man? <laughs> I'm with... Oh. Uh, what are you, 19? Let me get some grown man insurance. It's time to step up. Your choice auto insurance, only from Allstate. More protection, more rewards, starting day one. Whether you have an accident or not. Stop! Yo! See, that could raise your rates with... You deserve more from your insurance. That's Allstate, Stan. Are you in good hands? Why don't you get some grown man insurance, you little sissy boy? <laughs> you see? So in the African-American community, one of the things that we see that shows up again and again and again is shame and peer pressure. That's one of the most effective ways with this demo to get them to do things and to motivate them. So this shows up again and again. Now, if you try that with a 40- or 50-year-old man, it's not going to work. He's, he's done his days of shame, and he's who he is. He's probably pretty confident who he is. But for these young men who are coming into their own, and peer pressure is an amazing thing for them, Allstate has a very specific message for them. You know, it's about being immature, which is the thing they don't want to appear to be. Wow. All right. Well, I'm fascinated with this stuff. Again, check out 
the website 602communications.com, and you can uh, Twitter him at G Newell, G-N-E-W-E-L-L. And we'll be back in a few minutes with our wonderful guest, Graham Newell. markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between... Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to PR Insider with your host Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back again, and I am on with my guest, Graham Newell of 602 Communications, and we're talking about emotional branding, reflection marketing, um, connecting with the feelings of your customer, potential customer, as opposed to just selling them on features. Um, So we just finished with Allstate, and we had, and and, um, you know, the powers that be analyzed uh, the customer for Allstate and determined that uh, that peer pressure and... um, 
And uh, what was it? Not embarrassment. What was the uh, pride? What was shame. It? Is shame. It was all, all about you do not want to be the victim of that shame, you know, of having your, your buddies think that you're not cool. Right, and that works for that demographic. But what does Allstate do for the 90-year-old granny, the, the young mom? The, they have to... Their, their, their guy that they have now, uh, their announcer, he's very sort of official and scary and uh, but friendly. Yeah. Uh, how does he appeal to? How does he emotionally appeal to someone like me, for example? And and what what they do is you'll notice that Allstate has many different clients that they use, and they use cable advertising and, and such with specific channels. You know, the Spike Network will have these you know, very young men come out of things. And then we'll go over to home and garden television for, for the older folks. That's about safety. That's going to be about the, the idea of everything is nice and orderly. And what you'll notice in the tone, even the music and the way that they do it, they talk a little slower. And what they really say is everything is going to stay just fine like it is. It's not just safety. It's order. And there are people who love order. I just want everything to go right during my day. Don't let anything unexpected happen. And so they've got a whole other campaign for them. But they've really gotten past the idea of it's just about insurance. They've studied their demos, many different customer groups that they have, and they truly understand what they're all about. They do that by bringing them in a room and having them talk about their lives, not about insurance. Allstate was able to get the, this, uh, this information about African-American men by having them come in and talk about their friends, the things that they liked, the stuff that they did in their, in their spare time. And they listened between the lines for the emotions that they heard there. Then they went back and designed insurance and marketing that was all about those specific emotional drivers that these men felt about themselves. And that's why it worked so incredibly well. Wow. You'll let that less you'll let that message in because it's like you. It's who you want to be. Wow. So um, we have another clip from IBM. Do you want to tell us what that is? Sure. You know, it's one of the things that, that is toughest for us, particularly when we're doing business-to-business -business advertising. You know, how do you get that high-powered executive who is really somebody that, you know, probably is just impossible to get advertising in front of or won't return your, your call? How can those of us in the business community reach those kinds of people? Well, one of the companies that's done an amazingly good job of that has been I IBM. Now, you think back to what IBM was, you know, years and years ago. They were a computer company. Now they're a big consulting company. Well, they did a really great job of taking a look at, at the lifestyle and the emotional drivers of their customers. So who's the person who would hire an IBM consultant and come in to, to work with them? Well, that's going to be somebody who's probably maybe late 50s, early early 60s, a, a CEO. This is a guy who's at the end of his career. He, he's probably you know done a lot, and he's made his fortune. He's, he's probably well off financially. Well, where's he at in his life? Well, at this point in, in his life, what he wants to do is he's looking at retirement. He's staring down and going, you know, I've, I've got the next great adventure of, of my life here. And what's he going to be about? Well, probably the things that, that he's thinking about is, how can I give back? How can I leave a legacy as I, as I grow older? And so what IBM was smart enough to do is they were smart enough to build a campaign that was about what they do well, which is, first of all, smartness. IBM is the quintessential smart company, and that's what they do amazingly well. But smart wasn't enough. They needed more than just smart. So what this was about was an idea of sort of philanthropy. So for a person who is a big executive staring down retirement, the idea of giving back and making the world a better place is something that's on his mind now. And so IBM created an entire brand that was about let's make the world better through smart. And this ad does that. 
We can build a smarter planet. Smarter towns. Smarter cities. Smarter government. Smarter retail. Smarter shipping. Smarter airports. Smarter food supplies. Smarter grocery stores. Trains. Cars. Smarter streets. Smarter classrooms. We need smarter people. Really smart. Smarter hospitals. Smarter energy grid. Connect them all together and what do you got? Happier people. That's what I'm working on. That's what I'm working on. I'm an IBMer. I'm an IBMer. I'm an IBMer. So you can hear the philanthropy in there, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't just say, let's, let's build a smarter supply train so we can screw the competition. You know, what they did is they talked about hospitals and children and, and feeding people and things like that. You building see? a better planet. Yeah, building a better planet and so wonderful. So I get their core brand, which is about being smart. I really get that. But they took it to that next level, which is about where these CEOs are in their own life. And now they'll let it in. Wow. And I got suckered right into that one. I got to tell you, that one got me. <laughs> it's like, oh, IBM is so great. They're like, the people that work there, they care about me. Yeah, they care about my they love this planet like I do, and I, and I want to give back too. <laughs> so I wanted to be, we have only have a few more minutes till, till the end of the show, and I can't believe it because I'm having so much fun. But tell me um, what you guys are up to at your company, and, and I want to talk, you know, you have, um, you said you do some stuff in uh, broadcast. Uh, so tell me what's going on with 602 Communications. Well, what we're all about is we're a company that specializes in showing companies how to make these emotional connections work. You know, if, if, you're, if your listeners want to really kind of get an idea of, of exactly what this emotional brand's about, be sure to visit our, our website. There we've got a list of over 110 emotional drivers that are by company. And so what you can get a look at is, let's say you say, I think I want to be an adventure. We'll show you all the great ads of other companies that have done adventure or rebel or um, smart or any of the, these core emotional drivers. Mm-hmm. We go into companies and what we do is show them how to put this into everything that they do. For most importantly, their marketing. But probably, you know, it's got to be something that's bigger and deeper as well. Show their managers how to make this happen on every single day. How to answer the phone right where these emotional drivers come, come through. We work a lot um, in Asia. We do a lot of work with Fortune 500 companies. And this is a great way to really bring heart to your business, really show your customers that you have shared values with them. More and more, those advertising messages that, that we hear, we don't believe them. You know, we look at that guy and go, you're just trying to sell me something. I don't think I really believe you. So this is about finding a mission for your company and making it something that your customers share. So that might be green or whatever it is. Those are things that more and more of our customers are looking for now, is not just to be somebody who's a vendor, but to be somebody who shares their values with their customers. And I think, you know, the, uh, the onslaught of social media and all of us in the industry of marketing and PR and branding and all that, we've had to sort of adopt and adjust and learn and grow. And I think that has affected tremendously the, the fact that um, – the best way to sell something is through the authentic message brought from someone who you trust and believe in. Like if your friends recommend something on Facebook, you're much more likely to go there. So if the company is advertising and using traditional means, that connection to the emotion has got to be as strong as something that you would connect to with a friend. Absolutely. And, you know, you look at companies like Ikea, you know, People love IKEA. They just cannot get enough of it. And what did they do? Well, they completely rebuilt the furniture business. You know, they were all about, you know, you go to the beautiful showroom and there's all these rooms of furniture. Well, they made you haul your own furniture out to the car, you know. 
they made you, you know, walk around a Stark showroom. And they completely brought a new paradigm to, to that. But they're all about, you know, a sense of, of green, and they're all about, you know, living frugally, living efficiently. And that's something that their customers could really re- and relate happy to. happy families, I think, is another one of their yeah, happy you know, families. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much. I learned a ton, and I'm definitely going to get, check out that, you know, that sort of barometer on your website. I want to thank my executive producer, John Missal. And Justin Jackman, great job with all the clips today. Uh, next week, we have Jennings Social Media on. Check out her website, JenningsSocialMedia.com. And uh, definitely check out Graham Newell's um, uh, website, 602 Communications. Graham, thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Just, just click on the video tab, and there's, there's hundreds of videos there to kind of get some ideas started for your own company. Great. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Have a great week.